You know, coronavirus has revealed something very scary as well as very old in the world. That is that those who see themselves as the elite, be they news anchors, politicians, scientists, whatever, they generate rules for all of us all the time through their opinions, through their columns, through their policies that they make. But at the same time, while they're making all that, they follow also in the tradition, as we've learned real quickly, that the rules are for thee, but not for me. It would be one thing if this was limited to just one country, one group of people. Just one person even would be better. But as we're quickly finding out right now, this narcissistic attitude is everywhere. We've seen it time and time again from scientists, politicians, and even news reporters. And I'll get into that in just a second. These people, they think that they've made it, that they are in such a position of influence that they can start calling and creating policies to impact everyone else that is around them. Of course, anyone else who is not them. There are so many examples of this in the news right now that it's a little scary, honestly. And honestly, at first, I was hoping it was just like one or two people. It was just a coincidence. But as things have continued to escalate further and further along, we're learning this rules for thee, but not for me is really becoming a big thing. So with this whole coronavirus, corona, um, whatever you want to call it, you know, from the very beginning, we were told we had to follow all the orders from the government. And we had to keep in line with what they were saying. And, and all this was based on data provided by the WHO as well as, you know, various scientists around the world. And to be fair, when Corona first came out, this was a very, very new virus. In fact, that's why it's called a novel virus, because no one had immunity to it. No one had really been exposed to it before. And even right now, there's still debate of if you've been exposed and you've recovered, are you immune or not? And that's something that's going to be around for a while. But before I digress, you know, go off track here, you know, I'm not going to go into were the lockdowns right or not, because that's a whole other separate conversation for a whole other time. But what I'm what, what I was getting at is it's one thing for legislatures, lawmakers, um, news reporters, opinion people, everyone, scientists to create. Uh, as well as propose laws and policies for people. And it's one thing for them to then go turn around and say, nah, I'll do what I want, even though I just passed this law that everyone else has to follow. So case in point, and this is real close to me down here. Um, I'm in Southeast Wisconsin. So down in Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Now, at the beginning of April, I believe it was, she got into some controversy. And that controversy was the fact that Lori ordered, just like the rest of the state, you know, shutdown of uh, what they're calling non-essential. Barbers, uh, bars, etc. But no, it's barbers, salons. Well, after everything was shut down, it was revealed through social media, of all places, that Lori actually got her hair cut. She had her stylist come to her place, thus breaking the quarantine and getting her hair cut. And the only reason we know about this is that her stylist posted the evidence, the photos 
of her and Lori together on social media. We would not have known about it any other way, except maybe we would start questioning why her hair was never really seeming to grow out. Now, thankfully, and I, and I will give full credit for this, the media and even local politicians, local Democrats in Chicago, didn't just sweep this on the rug. In fact, she was criticized from all angles, including from local Democrats for saying, how dare you set these rules, set these precedences, set these laws, set these things in place, and then because you need a haircut, you break it. In fact, Lori's response to this whole situation just shows you honestly how little she cares if, or doesn't care, I should say, about if she's seen as a hypocrite about this. This is her response, and I'm quoting this directly. I'm a person who I take my personal hygiene very seriously. As I said, I felt like I needed to have a haircut, Lightfoot said. I'm not able to do that myself, so I got a haircut. You want to talk more about that? I'm sorry, and the rest of us are slobs who don't care about our appearance, don't care about our hair. In fact, it, mine was getting so bad, I had to just pull out my old clippers. I didn't have oil for them or anything because can't find any of that at the store right now. And I did as best as I could with my hair. Now, I'm not showing you the back of my head. Back of my head has some weird, random, long strands. I am not a hair-cutting person. I could really do with one. But I'm not Lori Lightfoot, so I can't go get one. Now, I know she wasn't calling the rest of us pigs. Um, she wasn't calling the rest of us unhygienic and that she's the only clean one. So I'm not going to even try to even compare that. But I found that her response was the same exact response that Pelosi gave when asked about Biden's uh, sexual assault allegations. She said, Biden is Biden. In other words, it's a nonsense answer. It's saying nothing about the topic at hand. It's just saying, eh, I'm going to, you know, I'm doing what I want. It's not talking about why she feels she needs to get a haircut. Part of her reasoning that she needed the haircut beyond the quote there was that she is on TV all the time. And the fact that she felt she needed a haircut, the fact that she didn't think she could show, hey, I am in this with you. My hair is getting long and shaggy. But instead, no, I got to look good for TV. So again, I'm glad the media and other Democrats in Chicago called her out on this. Over in New York, Bill de Blasio traveled to a park 12 miles from his house to go for a walk slash jog. Now, it would be one thing if he just traveled with just him and his wife during this time. But he took a staff with him. He took his staff with him on this trip to a park. That's not the worst thing in the, in the world, right? Now, I should point out, his house is actually in the middle of a park. So he didn't even have a reason to need to travel to another park. He had a park with which he could go outside, take a walk or a jog. But instead, he took him and his staff. 
to, to do this. Now, if that's not bad enough, while he was out doing this, someone saw him, pulled out their phone, started recording, you know, like you do with anyone else, and started asking him, well, why did you feel you had to come here? You just told us not to do a non-essential travel. This is not essential. It literally is the definition of non-essential travel. And why are you here? And he's filming de Blasio, and de Blasio staffer comes up and is just getting in the guy's face. And... And the person stayed there until they're reminded, oh, you're not social distancing right now. And I got you on camera. You know, I could, I, I wish I could make this stuff up at times. This whole concept of rules for thee, but not for me is just getting out of hand. Now, it's not just Americans doing this either. It would be one thing if it was just Americans. I could say, yeah, you know what? As Americans, maybe we're a little, you know, selfish. Maybe we're a little, a little rude. But let's go up north to what is considered some of the most, I guess, say, polite people in the world, Canadians and Britons, and because they're doing the same exact thing. So Doug Ford, who is uh, Canada's premier, he was accused and admitted to breaking the social distancing rules. Uh, one, he, he was called out twice. I'll say of those two times, only one uh, should even be considered. The one that shouldn't be considered, I'll give him this one. He left alone to his cabin to check on the plumbing to make sure the pipes weren't freezing or anything. He left his house at like 6, 6.30 a.m. and arrived back home around noon. And he left by himself. He didn't take family. He didn't take staff. He just went by himself, went to his thing in his cabin, came back. He, it's not like he stayed there for the weekend to enjoy it. So that I'll give him. However, during Mother's Day weekend, after he's telling everyone in Canada, you know what? You're going to have to give up all these uh, family gatherings. You're going to have to give up all these family meals for a while because you need to quarantine. You need to stay isolated. After he did all that, he had his daughters, who live in different houses than him because they're older, come over to his place for Mother's Day weekend. To be fair, I have respect for Doug Ford in this fact. He said all the criticism that he is receiving for both instances is valid, and he is taking it. He's not making excuses. He's not saying... But da da da. But you still see him breaking the rules, even after he's out there reminding all the people, "Don't worry about it." So your premier, and then you have Trudeau. Now Trudeau, for those of you unaware, he is the Prime Minister of Canada, and what he has done is probably even a little more egregious than what Doug, uh, Doug Ford has done. Maybe even Lightfoot. So right now in Canada, there is a ban on non-essential travel with uh, checkpoints set up. If you're trying to travel between the provinces, they stop you, they question you, they ask you, what are you doing, et cetera, et cetera. You know, people are told, don't go to your cabins, homes right now, stay home, don't travel. You know, sort of the same stuff we're getting here in the U.S. And Trudeau said, basically, screw it. I'm going to do it anyways. So over Easter, Trudeau went from his home 
to his cottage in another providence. So in other words, he had to go through that. He traveled between providences when they were told not to. He traveled non-essentially, essentially. Well, that phrase is horrible. And he did that. And the only reason we know about it is because he posted, again, social media. He posted photos of him and his family at their cabin on social media over Easter. That's the only reason we know. And his excuse was that one was his work and the other was his home. And therefore, he was excluded from the non-essential travel ban as he was going between work and home. He was calling the uh, summer lodging home and his home work. In other words, he's trying to skirt around the issue without getting in trouble. I don't buy it. He deserves all the criticism he gets. But I don't have time to go after everyone. I'm just giving example after example example. The next one. This is from Scotland. Dr. Catherine Cald Calderwood? Calderwood? However you want to say it. Um, I'm horrible at saying names. Dr. Catherine Calderwood was a chief medical officer for Scotland from 2015 to 2020. And would probably still be the chief medical officer today. Had she not been caught breaking the own rules, she was telling everyone else to follow. She was essentially the face of the stay-at-home movement over in Scotland and Britain. And she was repeating all the phrases that the government has been saying across the world recently about staying at home, stop the spread, flatten the curve, don't do un unessential travel, don't go to your cottages for the weekend, especially if it's a long weekend, as most people would be want to do. And she's telling all this, and she was caught going to her family's second home. Not once, but twice. Again, the hypocrisy. Rules for thee, but not for me. Of course, it's not just politicians who are doing this either. And that's the sad part. We have journalists doing this as well. So over at CNN, they have a reporter, journalist, news host, anchor, uh, a guy, he does a lot, to be fair. He's done well for himself. Uh, Chris Cuomo. Uh, so he's over there at CNN. And if you're unaware, he was diagnosed earlier this year with COVID-19, which there's a lot of people that have that right now. So, you know, it's not exactly the most uncommon thing. But where this gets annoying, again, for the rules for the but not for me mantra, is so he was diagnosed with COVID-19 and he supposedly self-isolated in his basement. And for the most part, you know, every time we saw him, he was in his basement. At least that's the official story. So while telling everyone on CNN and his Sirius XM radio show that he was in his basement, that he was, everyone else should do what the authorities say, isolate, uh, don't do unessential travel, walk, go outside with a mask on, especially if you have the virus, etc., or if you've been exposed some with the virus even, you know, he's doing all this publicly. But then on Easter, Chris was caught outside of his house. So Chris and other people, uh, it's speculated there was his wife and kids and that it very well could have been, but there's never, there's never been a real confirmation for sure. But Chris was caught at the construction site for his new house. Now, it would be one thing if that construction site was down the block from his current house. Instead, it was miles away, about a half hour 
if I have the correct source here. So he was about a half hour away, not wearing a mask, not social distancing from his family, having recently been diagnosed with COVID-19. And the reason we know this, because there was a biker out, and I'm not talking a motorcyclist, I'm talking about a guy on his bike, pedaling along, going along, and he happened to see Chris and he goes, wait, isn't that the guy who just was diagnosed with COVID-19? Shouldn't he be at home? Shouldn't he be quarantining? Shouldn't he be isolating? And he confronted Chris. And Chris, as he tends to do, if you've ever caught him when someone called him Frito last year, apparently, again, this is apparently because we have a he said, he said situation here. We have no footage of this. We have no video recording. So one side or the other could potentially be lying. So that's why I say allegedly. But anyways, so <laughs> the biker then tells him, you know, hey, you you should be home. You shouldn't be out here. You shouldn't be with your family. You shouldn't be with these kids. All this other stuff. And Cuomo didn't respond well to that. Now, of course, he denied it at first. But then Chris was talking about on his Sirius XM radio show, a loser biker who confronted him on Easter Sunday for being outside his property with his family. He also said then, and I quote, and I'm reading this quote directly from his Sirius XM radio show. I don't want some jackass loser fat tire biker being able to pull over and get in my space and talk bull ass to me. I don't want to hear it. He said, this fits in with the account from the biker who said that after confronting Cuomo, essentially Cuomo came up to him and said, who the hell are you? I can do what I want. Again, rules for thee, but not for me. You need to stay isolated. You need to stay quarantined. You pleb need to do what I tell you. But me, I can do what I want. Now, you think that's bad enough. And here's the thing. That would be bad enough. We have politicians. We have news reporters. But now let's talk about Neil Ferguson. Neil Ferguson is actually the guy who created the computer model that was used to determine how many people would be sick or die potentially from the coronavirus. He also did modeling for other diseases in the past. Now, he has come under fire for how accurate those models are. And actually, I'm going to talk about that next week some uh, because there's some information in there that's quite interesting. Now, again, Neil created these models and he essentially said to the government, we need to do a lockdown of healthy people. He, he kind of helped promote that, even though the government at the time, the UK government was trying to build herd immunity, but he convinced them to no, we need to, we need to do this now. We need to lock healthy people healthy people into their homes. This is how we're going to stop the spread, how we're going to stop too many people from dying. So he's the one who created and helped structure everything that we're seeing now. Well, of course, Neil rules for thee, but not for me, decided to have his mistress come over during this time of social distancing. The reason that Neil gave that he thought that this was okay to happen was the fact that he himself had been diagnosed with COVID-19 earlier. And after quarantining himself for two weeks, he believed that he was immune. He wasn't spreading it. He was no longer a threat. It is still up for debate on whether if 
once you have COVID-19, if you're immune from getting reinfected again, and that is current time. And this was weeks ago now at this point. So to say that I thought I was fine is not being fully honest. Beyond the fact of if he thought he was fine or not, the fact of the matter is, even if he is immune, he could still carry the germs on his skin, the virus on his skin, not the germs, different thing. He could get the virus on his skin. And you're like, well, how is he doing that? If he goes out, he touches an infected surface, surface, excuse me. He might be able to transfer it to his mistress who can then transfer it to his family. That being said, today, uh, May 21st, it was revealed that the CDC thinks that the transmission of the virus through surface is probably pretty low. So he might be okay and might be safe and not might have infected. But the thing is, at the time when this was happening, that was an unknown. People were freaking out about touching anything, even metal, that might have been touched by someone else with COVID-19. And he here he was having a mistress. Now, I'm no, I don't want to talk about uh, the morality of having a mistress or not. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other time. That's not the part of this. What I'm getting at here is you have the person who helped model it say, rules for thee, but not for me. You have the news reporters who are reporting on this 24-7, raising the amount of fear in everyone, saying, rules for thee, but not for me. Follow what I say, but don't make me do what you tell me to do. You have the politicians creating rules, uh, laws, various obligations of people. And then when it inconveniences them, they go, ah, screw it. I'm going to do what I want. If we allow people to do this without being held accountable, this will only breed a culture where moral relativism turns into essentially legal relativism. Legal relativism. And this is going to create this whole concept where I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to create the law for you. You do it. And if you don't, guess what? I'm going to report you to the police and you can go to jail. But me? Please. I'm going to go to my cabin. I'm going to go have an affair. I'm going to go see how the construction of my new building, my new house. By the way, construction in a lot of places was stopped. But I'm going to go see how it is, even though I'm infected and I know it. I'm going to travel to my spring summer cottage because it's convenient for me and I need to de-stress from the work. Now, I'm not doubting where Justin Trudeau has a stressful job as the PM of Canada. I'm sure he does. But he should be the one that all these people should be. From the scientist to the news anchor to the politicians. These are the people that should be setting the example for us to follow. Because why should we follow these rules, these laws, these declarations? If the people who make them don't even follow them. You know, that's my thoughts on this matter. Rules for thee, but not for me. No. We need to stop that crap.